Welcome to the local podcast. I'm your host, Clay Berkland. With me today is Dr. Julie Wingen, owner of Pain and Movement Solutions in uh, what it was originally Belfouche and is, I believe, now expanded to Belfouche, Sturgis, and Rapid City. Julie, is that correct? That is correct. Thank you so much for being on with me today. Thank you for having me. Of course. Uh, you know, one of my favorite sayings, if you want something done, you ask somebody busy because someone busy always has time to slip things into their schedule. And I've been asking Julie to be on the podcast with me now for quite some time. And you've always been too busy to commit to me, but <laughs> by golly, I finally have you here. Uh, so if you would, Julie, just kind of give us a little bit of perspective on yourself historically. You born and raised and where you went to school and how you chose to come out to the Black Hills and, and such. And then we'll, we'll get into the rest of it. Well, um, I was raised on the east side of the state. I'm originally from Howard, South Dakota. So I'm a small town girl. Howard's about 1,000 people. Um, I went to SDSU for undergrad. I always knew that I wanted to go into the healthcare field. And then I decided on physical therapy because I wanted to get to the source of people's issues and truly be able to help them get to back to what they really enjoyed being able to do. Um, so then I went to the University of South Dakota for my doctorate in physical therapy. Okay. And we were lucky enough to attract you to Belfouche somehow. Can you tell me how that happened? <laughs> yeah. Um, I graduated from PT school and my husband was working for Black Hills Energy here in Rapid City. And we had always enjoyed coming out camping and spending our summers in the yep. hills. And so it was an easy decision to move west. Well, um, it tends to be a little warmer here. There's less mosquitoes, more recreational items to do. All <laughs> so, good things. Well, yeah. I'm glad we were able to use the attractive things in the western side of the state to bring you over here. Right, right. Uh, I was practicing in Rapid City uh, at a private practice, um, and I had been there for a little over a year, and I didn't really have any intentions of going into business ownership. I mean, I went to school to be a healthcare provider, and that's what yep. what I was going to do. And then I have pretty high expectations in general, and so I was seeing, I have very high expectations of how physical therapy should be delivered, and I just felt like that was something that I could do better if I was running my own practice. And so then I looked for an opportunity to open up my own practice and I was pointed to Belfouche because they were a smaller community that did not have a private practice. Right. And so um, in 2012, I took, I guess I took that plunge and I opened up, at that time it was Belfouche Physical Therapy. 2012 already. I know. Boy, we were little kids back then. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Time flies. I keep thinking that I'm the same age as all my students, but I'm not. I have lots of children, and they're much younger than I am well, now. Well, 30 years later, I yeah. still think I'm the same age as the college <laughs> kids, too. <laughs> and I'm still wrong. So I feel like having getting to know you and, and seeing how your business has developed, there's a little bit of a misconception about what physical therapy actually is, and I, I think maybe back when I was younger, it was more the end result and not a, something you used as support along the way. But I think that has changed quite a little, hasn't it, over, over time? Well, I think that was part of my intention of opening up my practice. So in my hometown, the physical therapist was, you know, it was an hour to go see anybody else for any ailment mm -hmm. that you had. And so if you had an issue within your movement system, you just knew, go talk to Wes, you know, and he would let you know. Um, what you needed to do about it. And so I think that was a driver initially for me to get um, 
to go to a smaller community is because I felt like we could reach out to the community more and let them know that we're your primary care provider when it comes to any movement or pain issue that you might have. See, I, I think I was mistaken. I always understood that you had knee, re- knee replacement or knee surgery, and then you had to go to the physical therapist after right. for rehab. Right. But your role, as I've seen it progress, is not um, – obviously you do rehab, but you do a lot of preventative things as well. Right. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions with physical therapy is that people think you have to have a major injury or a surgery to actually receive physical therapy. But, I mean, we went to school to be primary care providers for, like, the human movement system. And so when it comes to our ability to treat, um, like, pain and movement issues and our knowledge of how they should be treated, the only other specialist in the healthcare field that treats at that same level is an orthopedist. And so... If you're having a pain or some kind of musculoskeletal issue going on, you can go to a PT first to be able to determine, you know, do I need further imaging? Do I need medications? Am I going to have to have surgery? Or can I try to avoid all of that by working with a physical therapist first? Of course, I know the answer to this because I've already (laughs) had the solution. But for those that don't, uh, if my shoulder starts to hurt, I don't have to go to a doctor and get a note to come to you. I can come directly to you and start that process and Right. Skip that referral step, I guess. Yeah. And that's most people don't know that. And so that is something that we've been educating our communities on. As soon as we come into town, I know in Belfouche, I've been there for 11 years now. And so our community knows, well, I shouldn't say everybody because there's still somebody out there that doesn't know. But they know that they can come into us and that we can help them get the care that they need right away versus we just opened up clinics in Sturgis. And that's something that we're working on having communicate that or educate that community on is letting them know you don't need a referral to come in here. And maybe you don't need to get to the point of having your knee replaced. You might be able to preventatively condition yourself to avoid that. Yeah, we always compare it to, like, you go to your dentist two times a year to keep your teeth clean so that Mm -hmm. you don't have to, so that you can keep your teeth. (laughs) So you should treat your musculoskeletal system the same way. If you can be proactive about taking care of yourself, then that'll help prevent major issues and joint replacements later. So you grew up in an agricultural community, and, of course, you now practice in agricultural communities. uh, do you find it more challenging to deal with some of the personalities you run across because of their environment? Do they take a little too much pain before they address the issue? <laughs> well, you know, I would say that ranchers in general are probably some of the hardest working, toughest people I've ever met. And they also use their bodies hard because of that hard work. Yes. They do. Yes. They, they're very hard on their bodies. Um, so, I, you know, I think most of the time what we see is that they, they're very busy, and so they don't have time to come in and take care of themselves. Or they live, you know, Belfouche kind of surprised me because they live an hour and a half away from town. Yep. And so it's a big deal to be even coming into town. So um, by far, you know, they, when they come in, they wanted to be better, like, months Send ago. Send me home today better. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and so you're usually trying to kind of figure out, you know, what is your issue – What's your goal? What are we trying to get you back to? And then what is, like, realistic on your time frame that you want to make this happen in? You know, sometimes we'll be very frank with people and just say, if you don't take care of this now and actually put in the time now, the amount of resources you're going to have to commit to it later is going to be much, much more. Or if you have this, like, 
nagging chronic back pain that you're able to manage and you're able to get by, it's just becoming more and more aggravating, then we'll work with you on your schedule and determine, yeah. hey, what, what works for you? How can we help you meet your goals? I always reference my dad when things like this. He had his shoulder rebuilt in his late 60s, I think, now. Um, and he dreaded it and put it off for way too long. And, you know, he couldn't – I don't think he can saddle a horse with that hand anymore. The shoulder gotten so bad, and he had his shoulder completely disassembled and reassembled and went through the rehab. And when he got done, he said, boy, if I'd known it was going to be this good, I would have done it 15 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I hope – Part of this message we can get out to people is don't wait 15 years Yeah, <laughs> and wish you'd done it 15 years ago. So there's like a whole, you know, there's a whole line of things that we could help you not get to that point. So my typical advice is if you hurt your, I mean, we all hurt ourselves. And if you mm-hmm. hurt yourself and two weeks later, you're not considerably better, then you should be reaching out to us. Something happened beyond just. Yes. Your, your inflammatory stage of the healing process after you injure yourself should be done by two weeks. And so if you're not feeling like you're 100% on your road to recovery, you're probably not. And you're going to stay in kind of a dysfunctional, probably not healing at the full potential that it should state. And then you'll start seeing the compens- like compensatory snowballing effects of that that will continue to build and build. And that's usually when people come in is that they've been dealing with this issue now for months and now it's getting to a point where they can't sleep at night or it's limiting their ability to do what they need to do during the day. And then that's when they come into us, yeah. which is great. I'm glad you're here. But the other the issue at that point is that now you've had months where your muscles have weakened in response to the pain. Um, things have tightened because once a muscle becomes weaker, the next thing it knows how to do is become tighter. Uh, and we just have so much more to work on at that state that it's going to take more time to actually get you feeling better. And so we know from research and then obviously our experience as well that if we see you on the front end of an injury, you know, it'll take a couple treatments. We'll give you a couple things to work on. You're going to get back on track. Um, but if you come to us six months later, expect expect it to take more time to get back to the level that you if need If you to take be six at. months, it may take six months to come back yes. out of it. What's yeah. a general um, – Appointment takes how long? 15, 20 minutes, an hour? Um, so typically our appointments are around 40 minutes. Okay. So you're looking at 40 minutes to an hour. Obviously, if people have to be somewhere or they have, we're seeing them over their lunch break, we'll adjust that way. Sometimes we have people that have a lot going on. You know, we're seeing them for their neck, their back, their knee, their ankle. And so, and they're only coming in once every other week because they live two hours yeah. out of town. We'll see them for longer so that we can actually try to address everything that they're asking us to work on and treat it to the effect that it needs to be. Sometimes you need duct tape and Gorilla Glue to get them (laughs) patched back together enough to get home. We try not to use that. but. (laughs) Are there more common ailments you see in that community, shoulders, knees? So I was thinking back on this because you told me that this is what you were going to ask me about. Mm -hmm. Um, And... You do see some trends for sure. Uh, obviously, uh, one one that stands out uh, is that your roping community. That stood out to me right away in Belfouche because when you're in PT school, all you learn about is the shoulder, and they usually take that back to, like, pitchers. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of research around pitching, and they'll put pitch counts 
on your young athletes because of the physiological changes that it makes on the body during their development. Baseball fans will tell you Nolan Ryan never played with a pitch count. He hated it. Yeah. <laughs> but he might have been an anomaly. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to interrupt. No, but. you're good. Um, and so, but we do not do that for ropers. I mean, obviously there's some differences. You're not throwing at the speed that they are, but the amount of reps that are happening even like our younger ropers, you can see physiological changes in them. You know, their pec tightens on that side and the shoulder blade will wing on that side. And that just starts kind of predisposing them to having shoulder issues as life progresses. And they're probably going to continue to rope throughout the rest of their life. So if you see that early on, you can help them compensate for that with stretching, yeah. strengthening. So our goal is for like a, a youth that's roping and we're like their body's changing and morphing. And so they're at an age where they really need to focus on their strength that comes along with it. When you're young and you're growing, your muscles or your bones grow faster than your muscles do. And so um, your muscles become very disadvantaged and they'll get weak. <clears throat> and then you'll start getting um, like rotator cuff impingement, all sorts of tendon issues related to that. And so we'll focus mostly on trying to help them with their postural alignment and stabilizing the shoulder blades so that they can um so i guess that their shoulder develops appropriately so a baseball reference a lot of people will have the tommy john surgery Mm -hmm. and they'll say oh go have the tommy john surgery you'll come back a better pitcher well the reason you come back a better pitcher is because you took time to rehabilitate and build the strength in your shoulder and so you come back with better accuracy more speed and it's because you actually worked on the foundation it wasn't the tendon it was not your surgery yeah your surgery was a result because of your poor mechanics that you had beforehand. And now your mechanics have been corrected and, and schooled for you. So perfect. Yeah. So that could be, um, so that was a huge change for me. It was like understanding the roping community, community. I'm from the east side of the state. So that was not, yep. you know, that was new to me. So I also did not grow up um, on the farm or on the ranch. And so I had a lot to learn from that aspect and I'm still learning, but <laughs> um, I have had the opportunity to see, you know, what the results are when you guys come into the clinic, so. But now I see some video of your son roping a dummy. So yeah. you're gonna have to learn a little more about this. That's yeah. And I beat him the other week. <laughs> so I, you know, he might only be nine, but I feel pretty good about it. <laughs> so we, yeah, we're, we're blending in. <laughs> Well, it's a dangerous disease to catch, I know from personal experience. So. Yeah. Um, other fun things that I've seen, um, well, I don't know if I say fun, but different. Uh, rib fractures are a much higher occurrence rate around really? here than you would see on the east side of the state. <laughs> or other colleagues that I know around the nation. You know, uh, there's a much higher occurrence rate of rib fractures due to people getting bucked off their horse or other things that might happen on the ranch. Um, And usually what people are told is, you know, you go into primary care and they say, well, there's not much we can do for you. And that is so wrong. Um, There is a lot that we can do. And so we're usually, you know, how we pick up those patients is because we see them out and about or they know somebody else that has come to us and they're like, oh, you need to go to pain and movement solutions because they will help you get better faster. Because a lot of times they tell you, oh, just, you know, wrap it up and it'll just take time. But what we find is that if you're not working on that mobility and helping that tissue heal appropriately after those rib fractures, they'll scar down more. And then you're going to have a really tight, like tight thoracic spine and ribs for the rest of the years to come that you'll be dealing with for Slows down your movement. You compensate. You tighten up. 
that just progressively gets worse? Well, the tissue scars down. So if you break a rib, your body's going to come down and lay down more scar tissue around that area to fix the fracture. But then if you broke a rib, you also pulled all the muscles that lie in between each rib. So you've, you've torn those muscles and they'll scar down as well. And so where we come in is we help realign that scar tissue alignment so that you can get the mobility and the flexibility back in your rib cage and in your thoracic spine. Gotcha. So I see those guys later on in life, and we'll loosen up their thoracic spine and loosen up their ribs, and they're like, oh, my gosh, I haven't moved like this in a long time. (laughs) Or it's kind of fun if you're working with a guy and you're dealing with their low back pain, and you can, you know, they're just so rigid in, like, don't have very good mobility in their mid-back. And I always ask, did you break a rib at some point? Answer is always Always yes. yes. Yeah. So we've touched on, I guess some rehabilitation and some addressing the issue early on when it occurs. I also know you do, from the golf course, I know you do quite a few things in regards to prevention. Uh, You've been out there and had some clinics for us on stretching, which I am a great stretcher. Um, (laughs) Stretcher of the truth, maybe, but I don't stretch my (laughs) muscles near as much as I should. So walk me through the prevention side of things. Do you you do some in-house clinics, some outhouse clinics for folks on on that? Uh, So I guess from prevention, you know, that's kind of our whole goal. You know, we will take care of you after the fact, you know, after you've hurt yourself. But so many, like, we truly believe in how you move will impact how you live. If you start to have issues with your movement, that's going to affect your quality of life. And so our goal is to help you stay proactive instead of reactive to issues that are coming up. So when it comes to prevention, We strongly believe that everybody should see their physical therapist once a year. Musculoskeletal issues are some of our greatest, like, burdens in our healthcare system because of pain management, expensive orthopedic surgeries. And a lot of that stuff can be prevented if you can recognize it on the front end of, hey, this muscle is starting to tighten up or your hip range of motion is starting to tighten, which is going to cause knee pain and back pain, and start giving you, like, a couple tools on the front end so you can prevent that issue from worsening rather than dealing with the after effects of it so yeah I mean we love preventions prevention's key right so if you can if you can help prevent the issue from happening then it's you're gonna have much greater quality of life in the long run if your horse bucks you off and you break a rib that's kind of not preventable because that's a surprise deal but (laughs) the general care of yourself there are some things you can prevent so with the office in Belfouche Sturgis and Rapid City Nobody really has an excuse for not setting up that once-a-year appointment with you, right? Yes. Yeah, we're trying to make it really easy on you guys. (laughs) Appreciate that. I'm your host, Clay Berkland, and my guest today is Dr. Julie Wingen with Pain and Movement Solutions in Belfouche, Sturgis, and Rapid City. starting to roll off my tongue after you've had them all open now for a month or so, Julie. Um, So we talked about some of the things that you commonly see in your practice, uh, that being shoulders, lower back, rib, rib injuries. Uh, what other things do you commonly see that you help people address? Well, I think physical therapy surprises people on the breadth of issues that we can manage. I mean, one thing that usually surprises people is we see individuals with vertigo. That's something that we can treat really quickly. Okay, you got to tell me how you treat vertigo with physical therapy because 
those don't go together for me in my brain. I so I know this is the fun part of our field is that we get to surprise people all the time. A lot of times people have um, BPPV, which is benign positional paroxysmal vertigo, which is I am not going to repeat that. Yeah, vertigo. Okay, which is where like a hair crystal in your inner ear will fall off into the canal. And then it gets stuck in there. So people will have occurrences of like where they'll wake up in the morning and the room spins on them. Not because they drank too much last night. Just Why are you looking at me when you say that? Yes. (laughs) It's not the same. Okay. (laughs) Or if they turn their head or make body position changes, all of a sudden the room will start spinning on them. And that we'll see that more frequently in the spring and the fall. So we've actually had quite a few occurrence rates of it coming in. Also, like with respiratory season, like respiratory respiratory illness season, we'll see more of it. Um, just because of the sudden movement of a cough? or No, just because of like the inflammation within okay. like the okay. e- ear, nose, and throat area. Gotcha. And so we'll see a higher occurrence rate of it. We don't really know why it happens. There's some genetic issues to it. If you took a head injury, we'll see it. Um, but it's a really quick fix, you know, one to three treatments, and your vertigo will be gone. Is that like a trade secret, or can you tell me what the treatments are? It's kind of – I always tell people that it's very mechanical, because the hair saw falls off into the canal, and it's like us taking you through a series of movements. That's like that maze. You know those mazes where you try to get the BB mm-hmm. out of the plastic, and you're moving it around? That's like what we're doing with your body to get that moved out of the canal. So we'll do testing to see where it's where that crystal fell off in the canal, and then we'll move you appropriately to get it out of there. We'll be darned. It's kind of fun. I mean, it's like one of those things that we're really... There's a lot of things in physical therapy that aren't fast, and so it's really <laughs> fun to be like, hey, we're going to fix this. Rewarding to have something you can yeah. treat quickly? <laughs> yeah. I'll be darned. So, um, so we see that, and then obviously we treat any spinal issue, cervical pain, back pain, shoulder, knee, hip. That's very common. Um, we see any, like when you're in a rural area like we are, um, that's one of the things that attracts PTs to my or I guess I would say high-performing PTs to my organization is because you're going to see everything underneath the sun coming through your clinic. And so we usually have a joke of, like, start your bingo card because you never know what might be coming in for your next patient. And it's because you're in a rural area, and the access to specialists in western South Dakota isn't as high. So it keeps it helps me attract PTs that want to be challenged on a regular basis. And so um, we'll see people from, you know, two months old, to 96 years old with every range of issue. So you mentioned the bingo card, and I'm mentally cataloging what I've been to you for. A broken (laughs) pinky, a broken pointer finger, a finger I spun in a dally, an elbow, a shoulder. Do do I get a bingo yet? You're getting there. (laughs) Um, We've seen some very random things, um, and it's always always kind of fun and challenging to pull everybody's minds together to help, help that patient. Um, but, yeah, we see a lot of fingers, a lot of hands, a lot of amputeed fingers is probably a higher occurrence rate <laughs> on this side of the state as well versus We're just other slow areas. learners in a lot of things, clearly. <laughs> um, I do see a lot of individuals with knuckle pain or thumb pain. And, you know, you guys are hard on your hands and you hit them on things. And you get arthritis built up in them. And sometimes they'll, they'll swell up and then they'll stay swollen like that for a long time. And it's really easy for us. Like we usually tell people, come in three times a week for three weeks is the treatment for that. And they always walk away just with it feeling a heck of a lot better because you just need to get that stagnant inflammation out of that joint and get it moving again. Um, I have walked that path, and you are good at that. (laughs) I forgot that. Thank you for that that. experience. (laughs) (laughs) It usually surprises. You know, that's one of our favorite parts. 
um, is when people trust us to start telling us, you know, they might come in for one thing and then they're pretty soon, they're like, well, that's getting better. But what do you think about my finger? Or what do you think about this ankle problem I've that I've had I've been hiding this issue from years? you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, we totally helped that. So tell me how PT is different than me going just to my primary care physician when I have something. Uh, what, what sets you apart? So I usually tell people, like, if you have an issue going on with your with your movement system, there's usually three components to it. Okay, define movement system for me because I think it's probably more broad than what we perceive. Right. Well, your movement system is like your muscles, your skeleton, your spine, your neurological system that communicates to how you move. So that's like your vertigo, you know, like if your neurological system is miscommunicating to you, that's going to greatly impact how you move. Um, that's PTs are experts in that area. That is their field that they went and got their doctorate level training in. Um, so when you come in and you have a shoulder issue, um, there's usually three components to it. So there'll be a mobility issue to it. So you have the skeleton involved, you know, is the joint appropriately aligned? Um, why, if it isn't appropriately aligned or something within the joint is affected, why is that? So that's what we'll dig into. So is it a muscle issue where the muscles are too tight or you have too much length in this area and not enough length in this area causing impingement or poor alignment there? Um, and then you have a strength issue where you're looking at is it a weakness that's contributing that caused this in the first place? Or is it something that has gotten weak because you injured something and then your body compensated for so many months and now it is, um, now you've caused weakness. It hurts so when I do this. Back. Well, you quit doing that because it hurts. So yes. And you get weak in that area. Perfect. Exactly. Gotcha. And then there's the neurological component to it as well. And so how does the mind communicate to those muscles? And that's all delivered through your neurological system and through the nerves talking to the muscles. And so when you come into physical therapy, we take all of that knowledge, you know, we went through school for eight years to know every muscle, origin, insertion, what nerve innervates it, where does it get its blood supply, and how does that all work together. So that's like our specialty area. So when you come into us, we're very equipped to say, um, to be able to interpret why are all these areas impacted and we'll treat every area that you come in. So if you need a mobilization or manipulation on the joint, we'll be able to provide that. If your tissue is tight and you need to have like soft tissue scraping done or some kind of trigger point therapy or dry needling, we can provide that. And then we have the neurological component where we'll give you home programs to help re-educate those muscles and strengthen them back up so that they work appropriately. So I guess when you come to physical therapy, you get like that very well-rounded approach where people will then get the outcomes, like long lasting outcomes that they're looking for. So you're not just going to give me an x-ray and tell me what's wrong. Yes. <laughs> You're going to give me a solution to how to fix. You mentioned one of my favorite things. And I, if I recall correctly, either my daughter or I were your first dry needling patients. That. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that was I, nice I of you. Which one of us it was? <laughs> it was very brave of you. No, just kidding. <laughs> can, you, can you tell our listeners quickly? Maybe some of them know, some of them may not, what dry needling is, because it's one of my favorite treatments to get, because it is instant relief when you. Oh yeah, it's very effective. So dry needling just was allowed in our state, I think, in 2017. That sounds about right. Yeah, and it has been done in other states for at least, I mean, at least 15 years prior to that, and so I helped lobby for it to become 
legalized in our state. And then as soon as it was, we all went and got our certification like that next week. So um, thank you for being one of my first patients so we can start that. But how it works is that we're using acupuncture-like needles or solid filament needles and you target an area on the body where it has dysfunction or maybe there's a trigger point that is contributing to the pain. Um, or if you injured yourself, your body, when you injure yourself, your body is delivering inflammatory chemicals to that area. When we come in a dry needle, we're gonna focus on the muscles around that area. It's similar to acupuncture, but it's different because acupuncture is based off of oriental medicine. And so they're gonna put needles all over in your body based on like your meridians and trying to align your chakra, which is not the medical training that I received. And so we use dry needling as more of your um, Western-based medicine where it's, we're gonna focus in on this muscle because we know that's contributing to where your pain signals are coming from. And when you insert that solid filament, we probably have it in the muscle tissue for 30 seconds to a couple minutes. And what that does is it's a big reset on that muscle area. So it'll help push out the inflammation, Um, and increase that motor control back to the muscles again. And I can tell you, if you've not had dry needling, when they hit the right spot, you know it immediately. (laughs) You get a good muscle twitch, (laughs) and that's a great response because you're like, whoo, you know, it usually gets a, (laughs) like a, ooh, out of somebody. And that's when you get that big push of inflammatory chemicals off and you get a lot of blood flow in. And so I usually tell people, um, a good analogy is if you had dirty battery cables, which are would be your nerves coming down and talking to your muscles, and they're all blocked with um, pain chemicals and inflammatory chemicals impacting that connection. When you dry needle, you're cleaning off the battery cables, and then you're letting your pickup run for a little bit. Good analogy. Yeah. It also feels good. <laughs> <laughs> it does. The cool, it's very diagnostic for us, and so... It helps us determine, you know, if we dry needle, we expect to have immediate reliefs. We expect you to be able to raise your arm higher or bend further and say, hey, that feels better. And then that immediately lets us know, yep, that was the right muscle group that we need to be working on. It's been long enough ago, you probably don't recall, but I effectively had tennis elbow for lack of a better, and you released a muscle on the backside of my arm, which relaxed my forearm, which my analysis was nowhere near the back of my arm, but that's what the release point to get my forearm relaxed again. So crazy stuff. Yeah. We usually treat above and below the joint. Anytime you have an issue going at one area, you're going to work, you're going to assess above and below so you can see where that source is coming from. I'm your host, Clay Berkland, with our guest today, Dr. Julie Wingen, owner of Pain and Movement Solutions. Uh, Julie, you've walked us through quite a bit about your job as a PT and the things that you can help people with that will benefit their life on a day-to-day basis. Uh, but all that's not possible if you don't have an office open to serve people. And I, first, congratulations, you've expanded uh, to your third office now in a, what I consider in the business world a pretty short period of time. Um, I've had a couple guests on in the past, Tyler Haugen being one, Sam Olson another. Their advice to budding business people was more or less when a door opens, say yes and figure it out later. You Do you have an opinion on, on that? <laughs> um, I do, and I guess I've been trying to prepare myself for that. I opened but you're pretty good saying yes, too, I think. Yeah, well, that's what I've been told, that I move fast, but I, I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> uh, my goal when I opened up my first clinic was to deliver physical therapy at a very high level of care, like very high level, be able to practice at the top of our profession and be able to attract like-minded therapists. And so as that continued to grow, 
I wanted to be able to set up my organization that if I had a high-performing physical therapist come to me and say, let's open a clinic here, that I could say, yes, let's do it. And so I've spent the last many years trying to develop and organize my organization so that we could do that easily. And it's not. And it's not an easy process. It's been a lot of it's been a lot of work to make that happen. You mentioned earlier you went to physical therapy school. That's right. You don't have a degree yeah. in business. And I, I've watched you and admired the way you pursued. You got a bookkeeper and an accountant, and you found out that maybe you didn't need to know everything as long as you had the right people in your corner. Right. Yeah, I was told when I had first opened up, I was encouraged. They told me, do all of it on your own so that you have an understanding of it. And I appreciated that advice to have an understanding of how you did those things. But eventually, that is not, that's not where your greatest value lies. Um, me doing my books is a really horrible idea. Your, your level of care for my elbow goes down if you're off trying to balance your checkbook. Right, I, yeah. right. I can do much better things <laughs> than that. That's just not where my skill set is. And, oh, my gosh, I love my bookkeeper. So, <laughs> I mean, trying to find those prof- professionals that can come alongside you and support you so that you can have a greater impact has been the huge um, change in my business. But having those partnerships has allowed you to grow fairly quickly because you don't worry about your advertising, your bookkeeping. You know that's taken care of and you can focus on better care. Right, right. Yeah, um, it's been a transition for sure as we've grown. You know, my my role has definitely shifted into mentoring and helping or grow our other clinics and grow the providers in them. And that's, I mean, that's really rewarding to be able to kind of step into that next level of my career. I've also watched you bring in interns. Uh, I, I guess that's what you call them, interns, kids that are going through PT school and get some experience on the street. That has to be pretty rewarding for you. Uh, yes, it is. You know, you gotta you gotta train them up right. And so we start at a very young age. <laughs> and so, um, you know, we're in a rural area, and I would say one of our most challenging um, aspects of our business is attract you know attracting people and therapists to our rural areas. Um, our industry is very understaffed right now, and so there's a lot of challenges that come with trying to find high performing therapists. Uh, the good news is, is the ones that end up in private practice, they're there because they want to be there. They want to yeah. practice at the top of their profession. So that definitely, that helps us out. Um, but, no, we start with high school interns to college interns. Um, and then we always take our PT students. And so when you're in PT school, you spend um, the last year of your schooling out in the clinics. Yeah. And so it's very important for us to be able to take in students and train them and show them what a high-performing physical therapy practice looks like. And we have hired quite a few of our students. That's so. a good chance for you to interview them and them to interview you and yes. see if it's a fit. Yeah, that, that's great. I think anyone listening has to be impressed with what they've heard of you so far, Julie, where, where you started, what you've grown your practice to. And I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't point out that uh, – not only are you doing those things and running a very successful practice, you know, have three kids. Um, they're kind of busy of ages <laughs> that keep you, your hours are long <laughs> outside of business in addition to what you're doing with your business. Um, and then on top of that, uh, one thing I always like to recognize with the folks I have on as guests is uh, they're typically pretty active in their communities as well. They're good volunteers of their time. Uh, I know you've spent a lot of time with uh, Belfouche Economic Development Corporation, uh, 
I think you're on the State Physical Therapy Association in some capacities. Any comments on those things that you enjoy as part of your professional career? Yeah, um, I think I've always been really inspired, you know, by my upbringing. I came from a long line, multi-generational, of people in our family that just always served their communities and always gave back to what they were doing. And so that, um, I guess, has had a great impact on me. And I truly believe we live our lives to be able to give them away and be able to serve others. And so I greatly appreciate that people trust us with their health issues and then they trust us with their kids and their grandparents. And um, I feel like one of the best things I can do is be able to give back to my community and be able to serve in more aspects than what we're just doing within our business. Um, I have a great support system that allows me to be able to do that. Um, Great friends and my husband's wonderful. He's always willing to, you know, be able to watch the kids for me to go to an early morning meeting or (laughs) stay out late (laughs) for some other meeting or um, issue going on. So there's no way that I could be doing that. Or same within my clinic organization, I travel a lot on... Um, I serve as our federal affairs liaison for our state where we're advocating for physical therapy so that people can access our care easier. And there's no way I'd be able to do that without my, you know, my team within our clinics being able to be able to hold the fort down and take really great care of all of our patients while I'm gone. So um, I really enjoy the, the aspect of being able to step outside the clinic and know that things are always going really, really well. Well, you definitely don't just talk the talk. You walk the walk, too, and I sure appreciate that about you, Julie. Thank you so much for being our guest today. I I hope you've enjoyed it. Yeah, I made it through. (laughs) Yeah. Thank (laughs) you again, Julie. Thanks for having me. Pioneer Bank and Trust. Member FDIC.